You are listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. Awaken Church is a diverse community of authentic love and hope where you can belong as you change and change as you follow Jesus. Every fall, we have a team that gets together that's uh, part of the leadership team at Awaken Church, and then we uh, usually invite a couple of creative thinkers to come together, and we kind of brainstorm, we pray together, we we, we pitch ideas for sermon series, um, we, we pray, and we come out of that weekend or a couple of days, and we have kind of a set kind of understanding where we believe God is leading us through the next year. And so as we met this past fall, um, our worship arts team leader, Zach, brought this idea with the question. He's like, what about, what about a series called So Now What? And we should do a series because a lot of people that become a Christian don't know what that means. They become a Christian in the moment, but they don't then follow up. So now I'm a Christian, so now what? And I thought, my first initial thought was, well, we follow Jesus, right? I mean, <laughs> you, become a, you become a follower of Jesus, so you follow Jesus. And, I, and it kind of opened up my eyes as we spent some time talking about this. And it took the rest of the team, actually, to convince me that this was an important issue. Because you tend to forget, the longer you're in this. See, I've been in, my, you know, I was, my dad was a preacher when I was born. Um, you know, I've been 50 years in the church and I've been 22 years as a pastor, and you tend to, because you, 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 you immerse yourself in this constantly, that you forget that this is a real thing, that people don't just know how to follow Jesus, uh, know what that means. Um, and so we have a deficiency of the body of Christ, and that deficiency in the body of Christ we have is a deficiency of discipleship. And as the team convinced me that this was definitely a way that, that God was leading us, here we are, uh, now in 2020 in June and it is Father's Day and it is we're hitting this idea of now I'm a Christian so now what and another way we can look at this is how how do I live out how do I actually follow Jesus in 2020 because the world is just crazy <laughs> so how do we do this so it's about discipleship and what does it mean to be a disciple of Jesus? What is discipleship? I, you know, I think it's, there's a lot of ways you can define it, and it has been defined. The way I like to look at it, especially for the context of where we're going to go today and over the next few weeks as we dig into this series. So now, what? Growing as a part of the body, so the whole body, so the whole body can grow. See, being a disciple means you grow as a as an individual. You grow as a person. You grow as a spiritual child of God. You grow as a part of the body of Christ. And as you grow, it causes the entire body to grow. Because see, church is not a place. Church is people. Uh, a lot of conversations are going on now about uh, people being excited that they can reopen their church. And I'm I'm thinking, well, I understand what you mean. You can come back together in person and, and worship and praise God together in person. And that, that's important. That's definitely definitely important. But the church is the people of God, the, the family of God, and the church is never closed. It's never been closed. So growing as a part of the body, your individual growth causes... The, and, and, and expresses itself as the whole body grows. That's what discipleship is. It's about growing together. So a body has many parts, and each part has a unique and specific function. But but together they make up one body, and with one body they have one purpose, and that purpose is to live, to continue forward to the next day, to the next day, to the next moment, to the next moment, living, going forward. That is the purpose of a body, and that is the purpose of the body of Christ, to continue to take a next step forward into the next moment. So over the next few weeks, we're going to be doing a little 
spiritual exercise so we can understand what it means to be a part of the body of Christ. And we're going to kind of have a have a theme scripture this time. We don't we don't use theme scriptures a lot. We kind of uh, we we do a series constantly, but this but for, for this series, we're going to come back to this passage of scripture, and then um, use some other scripture to build on this. But this is Mark chapter twelve, verse twenty nine through thirty one. That's Mark twelve twenty nine. Now, a teacher of scripture, he wanted to know what Jesus considered to be the most important. Uh, commandment. So Jesus quotes to him from the Torah. He actually this this is a quote found in Mark twelve twenty nine of Deuteronomy six verse four and five combined with Leviticus nineteen eighteen, and in the, it goes like this. Jesus said the most important commandment is this: Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all their mind, and all your strength. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. So now I'm a Christian. So now what? So it's 2020. What is it what does it look like to follow Jesus in 2020? It looks like this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. It, it looks like what it's always looked like. <laughs> but how do we do this? So that's what we're going to do. We're going to look at uh, this because you know, we think about I want to love God with all my heart. And I want to love my neighbor as myself. But it's not always easy as just saying it, right? Doing it is not always as easy as saying it. I, I want to love like this, but how do I? How do I do that? Well, I believe for us to love God with all our heart, and then also to love our neighbors ourselves, we have to develop a heart of worship. And so today we're going to focus on developing that heart of worship, and we're going to do that with Psalm chapter nine. So I invite you to to open up your Bible or turn to uh, click it on your your app to Psalm nine. And this is where we're going to dig deeper and, and, and try to understand how we can develop a heart of worship. Um, psalm 9 is, is a psalm of David, David who wrote a lot of the psalms. He's praising Yahweh. He's praising God for his presence and deliverance in a time that it's indicated that, hey, this is, a, this is the midst of great trouble. I've been going through great trouble, and yet I'm praising God because he's present with me. I'm praising God because he delivered me through, he's delivering me through this time of trouble. There's even a note at the beginning, if your Bible's like mine, has little kind of some notations here and there. Um, it says, to the choir master concerning the son death um, and so it's it's a it's a tune like there was you know David knows what it's like to lose a child a baby born and and to die he knew he knew this kind of pain this kind of anguish and this psalm seems to come out of that kind of pain and anguish but it's about developing our heart of worship Psalm 9 verse 1. I will praise you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of all the marvelous things you've done. I will be filled with joy because of you. I will sing praises to your name, O Most High. My enemies retreated, they staggered and died when you appeared. For they have judged in for you have judged in my favor. From your throne you have judged with fairness. You have rebuked the nations and destroyed the wicked. You have erased their names forever. The enemy is finished in endless ruins. The cities you uprooted are now forgotten. But the Lord reigns forever, executing judgment from his throne. He will judge the world with justice and rules the nations with fairness. The Lord is a shelter for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble. Those who know your name trust in you, O Lord, for, for, for you do not abandon those who search for you. Sing praises to the Lord who reigns in Jerusalem. Tell the world about his unforgettable deeds. All right, so we're going to dig deeper into this psalm today. Um, and 
look at how to develop a heart of worship. Here's our big idea. Developing a heart of worship takes time and intention. Developing a heart of worship takes time and intention. So a heart has four chambers. So what I want to do is uh, kind of something different and think about the idea of four different chambers of the heart as four different areas that we develop to have a heart of worship. So the first chamber is praise. Praise. And so, so we think about praising and think about who or what do we praise in our culture. I mean, we praise celebrities. We praise, we praise those with money. We praise those who can uh, help us to, to earn money. We, we praise, uh, sometimes we praise our kids when they perform well. We praise today's Father's Day. We praise our fathers. Um, if they're good fathers, we praise our mothers. Um, you know, we, we praise a lot. Some people praise politicians. Uh, some people praise preachers. Uh, you know, we, we praise a lot of different people and things, right? Well, the psalm that David writes says, I will praise you, Lord, with all my heart. And he's like, he's like, I'm going to give, I'm going to give credit where it's due. And I'm going to love my family. And I'm going to love, I'm going to love my kids and my wife. And I'm going to love my best friends and, and everything. Um, but, but here's what I'm doing. I'm not giving any part of my heart to them. I'm loving them in a way, but in, but in a whole different kind of love and a whole different kind of way with my heart. I'm praising God. I'll praise you, Lord, with all of my heart. And it's tied directly to the command that Jesus quotes from the Torah. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. And, and David is, is singing about this. I'm loving the Lord my God with all my heart. I'm praising you, God, with all my heart. Now, this, this psalm is originally written in, in, in ancient Hebrew. And it's interesting, a couple of the words here, praise and heart, to really look at at, at the original Hebrew language and, and kind of what they would what they meant, like the word picture it draws for us. Because the word praise is the word yada. And a lot of times we think of yada like like you know yada 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 like and so on and so forth or blah blah blah. But it literally means it, it translates as praise or th- or thanksgiving or, or thankfulness. Uh, it's one of several words that, that translates as as to be thankful. But it means to throw with the hand. I mean it's a word picture. To throw with the hand. He's I'm throwing praises. I'm throwing thanks to you. I'm throwing Throwing my hands up, I'm throwing my hands up. I'm praises, and, and you know, I get this picture of throwing, you know, throwing confetti, like throwing his heart like confetti. Like I'm throwing my heart before you, Lord. It's a, it's an act of thanksgiving. It's an act of thinking about throwing your hands up. You know, putting your hands up is also an act of surrender, and so it's thanksgiving and surrender at the same time. And he says, "I'm doing this with all my heart." And David says, I'm going to praise you with my heart, all of it. And, and the word that's the Hebrew word here for heart is the word lab. And, and it literally means a blood pumping muscle. It means like the, that muscle that pumps the blood literally. But it also refers to feelings and emotions. So, so it's, a, it's a literal blood pumping muscle word. But the, but the word is used symbolically to refer to the feelings and emotions. And it's used to represent the center of a person, a center of a person. And David says, from the very center of my being, from the part that affects everything about me, I'm praising you. I'm throwing my heart before you. So many people don't even praise God with a small portion of their heart, much less all of it. I mean, you can you can see it in unthankfulness and the lack of gratitude. You can see it in lack of prayer and passion. You know, people that should be people of prayer don't pray, and, and it's because they haven't praised God with even a small part of their heart, and, and they lack gratitude and respect and love towards others. And when you see someone who lacks gratitude and lacks respect and and, and lacks and lacks love towards their fellow man. You know, you can tell something. 
they have missing loving God with all their heart, praising Him with all their heart. Because ungrateful people they're in, are incomplete in their ability to worship God. If, if we're going to praise God with an authentic worship, we have to praise Him, not just with our lips, but with our whole beings. Worship is more than a sermon. It's more than a, more than a prayer, more than a song. It's even more than a feeling. Worship is a way of life. It's a lifestyle, and worship is a lifestyle of followers of Jesus. So, so now what? We embrace this, this idea. Worship is a way of life, a lifestyle of the followers of Jesus. So we praise him. We praise him. And chamber number two of this heart is, is, is trust. So we praise God, but we also trust God. Now, now trust is something that's a challenge for us because trust depends on knowledge. Trust depends on knowledge. Think about it. Those who you truly trust the most or really trust are those you know the best, right? So how do you grow to trust someone? How do you go to trust someone? You get to you have to spend time with them. You have to have conversation. You have to listen as much as or maybe more than you talk. In verse 10, Psalm 9, uh, uh, David says, Those who know your name trust in you. For you do not abandon those who seek you. David wrote these words in a time of great distress, yet he's willing to wait on God's timing and trust him. In order to develop a heart of worship, you have to trust God completely. And I know that could be a challenge, and it's not something that you just do. It's something you might have to grow into. But here's the thing. Here's the reality. We can't worship a God we don't trust, and we can't trust a God we don't know. How are we going to develop a heart of worship if we can't worship God? We have to develop that trust. And when we trust God, when we know God, we can trust God. So, so we get bad news from a doctor, right? That bad news comes. It happens. Bills collector, bill, the bill collectors call. We, we lose something or we lose someone precious. Life hurts sometimes. So how do we respond? And I've been there with these things. How do we respond? Do we love the Lord with all our hearts and trust him? Do we live out verse 9 of Psalm 9? The Lord is a shelter for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble. We often think we know what we need. I've learned to trust God for what I need. So you, so you know what? I'm thankful God hasn't always given me what, what I thought I needed. <laughs> because it turns out he knows what I needed much better than I do. <laughs> and I'm really thankful God doesn't always give me what other people think I need. Because whew, there are some times when God really knew what I needed more than they did. Uh, but it turns out that they're wrong and, 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 and God is right. He often speaks through other people. I'm not saying he doesn't. But what I'm saying is you've got to learn to trust God. But the better I get to know God, the more my trust grows. So how can I get to know God better? That's the question, right? This is the so now what? This is what do I do now? I want to know God better. I want to know God better because I want to trust him so that I can actually worship him and develop a heart of worship. But how do I get to know God better? Because God is he's invisible. An invisible, you know, I understand he's a he's a everywhere God. He's there's no place you go he doesn't know where you are, can't see you. He's not not there with you God, but I don't see him. So how can I get to know him? Well, I'm going to give you three things, three three kind of things that help me and I believe will help you grow and to know God better. And this is something, if you've been in church ever in your life, or if you've been in Sunday school or vacation Bible school, if you've gone to church camp, you've heard this stuff. But we've got to not just hear it, we've got to do it. How can I get to know God better? First of all, the Scripture. Read the Scripture with an open heart. 
Too often we listen to what other people say, using some scripture for an agenda, and we start saying we start distrusting scripture. Read the scripture with an open heart. You read it. That's why I always encourage you, man. Bring your bring your Bible. Open it up. Read it for yourself. Don't just take my word for it. Scripture. How else can I get to know God better? It's through the Spirit. God is Spirit. And when our, our, our spirit, when your spirit connects with the Spirit of God, you get to know God better. So, well, how do you do that? Well, that's where prayer comes in, meditation, time spent just being with God. This is where when you're taking a walk in, in, the, in the woods or in a park or, 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 or just a sitting, sitting by the, the side of the lake or on the beach or if you just take some time in the backyard or sit on your front deck and just kind of just be there, just to be there and let your spirit connect with God in prayer. And you talk, but you also listen. And, and again, the best way you get to know someone is to listen more than you speak. How much time do you spend listening to God? I use the word meditation, and I usually mean just listening. And a lot of folks think meditation is some uh, something foreign to Christianity, but it's not. Following Jesus and getting to know God and trust God means I got to spend some time just listening. And meditation is how how that happens. And then we share. We get to know God better when we share. I'm talking about getting in conversations with others who are on the journey. And you talk about, you get to know God through conversations with other people about God, about faith, about following Jesus. That's how you get it. So I can get to know God or get to know God better as we travel together on this thing. Chamber number three is song. We got praise. I'm developing a heart of worship with praise. I'm developing my heart of worship with trust. And I'm going to develop my heart of worship with song. Now, a lot of times when we think of worship, the first thing, and a lot of, for a lot of times, maybe the only thing we think of is song. And so hopefully we've kind of cleared up already that worship isn't just about the song, but the song is an important part of this. It's always been for the for the tribe that that Awaken Church and I kind of belong to, called the Church of God. It's always been the song has always been central. Um, actually, in the very early days, in the in the eighteen late eighteen hundreds, the 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 people that began this Church of God it began as a movement, not another denomination, but a movement, and they were called the Singing Church. They would get in their 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 wagons or their on their horses, and they would ride the countryside and. Uh, go from from town to town or village to village and as they went they would be singing these songs and they had these songwriters that would write these songs about 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 god and this is all captured in a in a uh, kind of a, a documentary that was made. It wasn't, you know, not a true documentary, but as a movie that was made. It's kind of documentary style, made in the in the 1950s. And this movie was made at at, at what is now Anderson University. And Anderson, Indiana, is kind of the headquarters or home of the Church of God uh, as a network of churches. And they made this this film called From Heaven to Earth. Now, this is it's it's made in the 50s. It was made by all college students. I think there's only one like actual professional actor in the movie so so it's kind of cheesy the acting's not that great but the story is what you watch it for and from heaven to earth this film uh, in the in the midst of this film it highlights this 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 how the church started how the movement began with the singing church and there was a there's a company called the gospel trumpet company and it was a group of folks who who came together they actually lived together 
They ate together. They wrote songs together. They wrote newsletters together. They wrote sermons, and then they would send out these, this newsletter called the Gospel Trumpet, and in it would have it would have news, but also have sermons. It would have songs, and then they would publish song books that were from the writers that were from from within this this group of people, this tradition that was now beginning, uh, called the Church of God, and and they were they were singing these songs. And there's a clip in this movie where this this uh, the people that are part of the uh, the God gospel trumpet family are are they just kind of work through the whole day of working through what they do they say because they also had you know gardening and, and a farm that they ran so they could eat and live they then sat down at the dinner table and as soon as they sit in at the dinner table uh, a, a man comes in the door one of their friends one of the one of the family members and his name is barney warren and barney warren had written this song and the, and they sit down at the table and they say, "Hey, it's great you're back. It's good to see you. How you been? It's so good to see you." And then there's a pause, and the guy says, "Do you have the song?" And Barney smiles and he opens his jacket and pulls out his uh, a, a a paper. He's like, "Obviously, you got a song." And uh, he goes, he says, "Come on!" And they go, they get up from the table. I mean, they just sat down to eat. He comes in. He's got the new song. It's called "I Cannot Be Idle." And they, they get up and they go to the piano and he teaches it to them in the moment. And they are so excited. Now, this song, I Cannot Be Idle, is a hymn that was, that's, that's now, it's an ancient hymn of the church. It's, you know, it's been around a long time, but it's, it's, it's written in a language. It's about, I can't, you know, idle mean sitting still. I cannot sit still. I cannot just sit here. I cannot be idle. And why? Because the harvest is ready. And so the whole idea of the song is built around going into the harvest field and bringing in uh, you know, the, the harvest. And so it's time for the harvest, and I can't sit still. And so it really resonates with me that this film, celebrating the heritage of the Church of God has the, as, a, as a specific tribe in the Christian faith, highlights that from the earliest days we've been a singing church, and that those... That, that in those days, those early days, there was so much excitement over a new song to sing. And that's that's like the heart, I believe, that God would still have for us. Um, not just not just part of this, this network of churches called Church of God, but His church to have this passion and excitement when there's a new song to sing. And, and guys, it's time. It's, we need a new song. 2020 is, is demanding a new song. But what is it about singing that engages our hearts in worship? See, David starts off the psalm, Psalm 2, verse 2 of Psalm 9. I will sing praises to your name. It's a declaration. I will sing praises to your name. Then in verse 11, he kind of, he kind of, not just suggests, he actually says, this is what you have, this is what you are to do. Sing praises to the Lord, to the reader, to the hearer of Psalm 9. Sing praises to the Lord. See, singing is often an expression of worship. It's an expression of praise and joy. Who has more reason to rejoice than Christians? I mean, I am a child of God. Anybody? Come on. There's nobody that should be able to outjoy Christians. Now, there's a story in the New Testament. It's found in Acts chapter 16. And it's in kind of verses 16 through 26, if you want to look it up, Acts 16, verses 16 through 26. And it's a story of Paul and Silas, and they've been thrown in jail for, for, for basically for sharing the gospel, that Jesus is the way and, and following Jesus and Jesus the resurrection and all, and all of this. And so they're in jail. They've been thrown in prison. And in this passage, this, this recount of the story, they're in prison and it's midnight. It's the midnight hour, and they are singing praises. They are singing praises. 
they're singing, you know, I don't know. And, and, and as they sing, maybe they're singing, you know, one of the ancient Psalms, you know, Psalms, maybe a Psalm 40. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined and heard my cry. Lift me up out of the pit, out of the miry clay, and I will sing, sing a new song. I will sing, sing a new song. I'm sorry for my singing. I'm not a great singer, but, you know, and if they sang Psalm 40, they probably didn't sing the U2 version because the U2 wasn't around yet. But but nevertheless, that's what I picture as they're singing praises. They're singing a psalm that they would have known, and the chains fall off. You guys, they are singing praises, and the chains fall off. Do you have any chains that you need to fall off? It's time to sing praises. There's an earthquake, and the, and the, the doors open, and they have freedom. Amazing grace, my chains are gone. They didn't cry, why me? They didn't sit down with scowls on their face at their situation. No, they sang because they had a song in their hearts. That's why they sang. They sang because there was a song in their hearts. Now we see Paul later, after this experience, he's writing from from this personal experience to some new Christians at Ephesus, some new believers, this church plant in, in a place called Ephesus, and they're wondering, so now what? And he tells them this in Ephesians 5, 19. Speak to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, singing praise and worship to God does something that preaching just doesn't seem able to do. And I and I, and I admit I don't always like that that reality because I'm you know I, I want I'm a preacher and I want preaching to be able to get people fired up and on and get passionate and and and. Uh, but what we do is. There's something about singing that stops you in the tracks and hits you in, your, in, in a special place in your heart that makes you say, whoa. You see, now I get I get that from preaching many times, but but I get that, that I'm different. I'm kind of wired differently. Maybe that's why I'm a preacher. You know, I love it. But what we do, we tend to like... We, can, we tend to like stand for the worship songs and sometimes we'll lift our hands or clap along, but we just sit and listen at the sermon. Maybe we should be standing and encouraging and clapping at the sermon as well. I don't know. But here's the thing about singing. Singing praise brings a release of your burdens and singing praise brings about joy. There's a release. I don't know how many times I've had a burden and I've been feeling kind of weighed down and I start to sing out praises to God. And as those burdens just are released as I sing praises to God, that that space that has been that, that's that's now been carrying those burdens is now filled with joy. And there's a joy in the burdens. The maybe the issue is still there, the concern is still there, but the burden is lifted and the joy has come. It's beautiful. And when your heart is filled with love and gratitude, the overflow will pour out in a song of praise to God. So that's chamber three. Now chamber four, I call it the witness chamber. <laughs> it's it's the chamber. It's called you know the chamber of witness. And when, here's the thing. Here's what here's what I mean. When you love someone or something with all your heart, you tell people about it. You do. And there's how we do it in, in this in this day and age. We use social media. Think about Facebook. What happens when somebody goes in a relationship? Susie Susie May is in a relationship with Billy Bob. And they put it's on it's on Facebook and everybody says, oh, that's great. That's awesome. Because they, they, they love somebody with all their heart and they want to tell people about it. Then then it changes. Susie May is engaged to Billy Bob. 
and, and it's because we love this guy. She loves this guy with all his heart. She wants the world to know it. So she so she lets the world know. And then it's like, Susie, and in parenthesis, May, Bob, is married to Billy Bob. And it, there's great rejoicing because now you have someone you love and you've told people about it and, 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 and we do this. Now what we've done in church is we, see, we live such compartmentalized lives that, that we separated worshiping God from witnessing of God. We've, we separate. It's like worship is this thing I do on Sunday with I gather with some people and we go on or maybe I go online and I engage my my voice or my heart and, and I and I worship and then witness is that thing I do whenever there's an opportunity. Somehow that opportunity never comes up. I'm telling you, we got to quit separating these things because witnessing is worship. And your worship is witnessing. Psalm 9 verse 1 goes let's go back to that it says i will tell of the marvelous things you've done he says what he says i will tell of the marvelous things you've done and then david the writer he spends verses 3 through 10 doing just that he says i'm telling of the marvelous things that god has done and then he charges the readers the hearers us in verse 11 tell the world about his unforgettable deeds Maybe this is maybe this is all new to you, and you're wondering, okay, I'm, I'm a Christian, so now what? Maybe maybe it's like it's you're in this place where you just desire to develop a heart of worship. So now what? Or maybe for you, worship has grown stale, even in this time of you know it's been several months of of uh, with with uh, the, the global pandemic, COVID nineteen, and stay at home orders, and you know different things happening in different places and here we are like three months going on four months into this and maybe for you maybe worship has just grown stale either way whatever the deal is you should tell the world about his unforgettable deeds and you may say well wait 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 see i know what god did for me i mean i know i understand jesus i understand the cross all that i i get that but what has he done for me lately well, go ahead and just ask God that. God, what have you done for me lately? And then just take a deep breath. Go ahead and do it. God, what have you done for me lately? I hope you're tracking with this. See, worship is not passive. It's participatory. And when we tell others about Jesus and what he's doing in our lives, we're joining him in his mission. And when we sing songs of praise and worship to God with all our hearts, it serves as a witness to who he is to those who don't know him. So you can sing the songs of praise and not know him, but you can't worship until you do. You can even be uh, you can even be a song leader in a church and not know him, but you can't be a worship leader. See, there's a difference between being a song leader and a worship leader. You can sing songs and not know him but you can't worship until you do and when you know him you can't help but worship him and worshiping god with all your heart tells others of the marvelous things that he has done another psalm psalm 66 says this shout joyful praises to god all the earth sing about the glory of his name tell the world how glorious he is Say to God, how awesome are your deeds, your enemies. Cringe before your mighty power. Everything on earth will worship you. They, they will sing your praises, shouting your name in glorious songs. When was the last time you told someone what God's done for you? 
Living a life of worship means I'm thankful to God, and I want to tell of the marvelous things He's done. If you are new to this thing called being a Christian, to following Jesus, new to this, this idea of faith, so, so now what? Tell somebody what Jesus has done and what He's doing in your life. Shout and sing His praises. And as we do this, we're developing a heart of worship. And developing a heart of worship takes time and intention. It takes time and intention. It doesn't just happen. You have to be intent. So here's, here's, here's the next step. Here, here's, here's what I'm suggesting as, as a next step. Because it does take time and it does take intention. Let's be intentional this week. What if we did a, wor- a week of worship witnessing? Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put Psalm 9 into action this week. Over these next seven days, I'm going to post some message on my social media. And I'm going to probably use all of my social media. I'm going to use Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. And I'm going to use my social media to put Psalm 9 into action. And I'm going to post some message of praise to God, which will in turn tell others how glorious He is. So let's do this. Do this. I'm going to use the hashtag, so now what? Um, and I would encourage you to do the same thing. Not much of a social media person. That's okay. I'm, th- I'm thankful that you're with us today. And, uh, and however you're getting this means you're connected somehow. But but what I do would say, would say is like if you don't really do the, the social media thing, why don't you just write a note or send a text or make a call to a different person every day for the next seven days and just to praise God to them. Just to say, hey, I'm thankful you're in my life and I have something I just need to tell you. God has done, God has done something amazing in my life or God is just so good and I just wanted to tell somebody and I want to just call and tell you, I just, I just want to praise God today. Maybe you say, I don't have a particular reason. I just know that God is worthy of praise and I just need to tell somebody. I just need to text somebody. I just need to send a note about it. So let's do this. Let's take this week Take these next seven days, and let's have a week of worship witnessing. Father, thank you so much for who you are, our creator, our sustainer, the lover of our souls, the king of kings and lord of lords. You're the beginning and the end of all things, and you are fully present with us. And even as we go through the situations of life that life throws at us. And we have things that are happening in the world and we're like, this is this is all uh, just a crazy year. But Lord, nothing's happening that hasn't already happened before. This is, this is, this is life. This is life. Pandemics and, 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 and riots and, 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 and racism and dealing with it. This, is, this has been continual. So, Lord, we pray that you would continue to see us through. And as we go through, as we sit in the midnight hour, that we would sing praises to your name, that we would develop a heart of worship, Lord, that we would, that we would, that we would praise you, that we would learn to trust you, that we would, we would sing, you, that, that you would sing a, we would sing of you with a song in our heart, that we would witness, witness of you. And that even this week, Lord, that we would use our social media outlets to, to bring praise to your name, to praise you, Lord. And as we do this, that you would be glorified, that we would not be lifted up, that we would not be praised, but you would, Lord. Because, Lord, we need you. We need you so much. And so, Lord, we pray that you would help us develop these hearts of worship as we continue to follow you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And it is in Jesus' name that we pray.
Amen. Thank you for listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. It's our hope that you have been encouraged by today's message. Find out more about Awaken Church at awakenla.church or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Awaken Church LA.